and gentlemen, the Mats are back. This is season three, episode five. And Matt, we are talking about Razor Ramon today. Scott Hall living on that razor's edge, remembering Razor Ramon. This is a this is a episode that we've wanted to do for a while. Um, just a career retrospective into who Razor Ramon was and what the career was and what it could have been. And it comes on the heels of his unfortunate passing. Um, I was watching the uh, Scott Hall documentary, a couple documentaries. Yeah, remember that ESPN 30 for 30? Um, yeah, I mean, it was only like 20 minutes, but incredible. Um, the, I wish the documentaries were different. I wish it was a portrayal of, you know, Razor Ramon as we came to love him. And it was an unfortunate life that he led outside of the ring. Yeah. And he was just a legend in the ring. What he did for the business was, I mean, you, you can't even calculate it, right? I mean, he, yeah. he changed he changed the game. I mean, there's very few people that you can say, you know, they are absolutely in the mix. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily include him on their like Mount Rushmore's of pro wrestlers. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the totality of, of all that he did, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that ESPN documentary was was incredible. Um, you know, I think it's sad, right? Because there are always some of those health issues, right? There were always, but he seemed like he was, you know, in a much better space. I mean, you look at that Hall of Fame speech he gave, you know, about bad times don't last, bad guys do. I mean, it was awesome. It was yeah. inspirational. And you can just tell how much he meant to people, right? The way that Kevin Nash talked about him, you know, the relationship that he held with Sean Waltman for so long. And then we'll talk about that. Like I'm blown away by his selflessness in the ring to put over, you know, one, two, three kid at that time. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I think we'll look at. Um, it's so heartbreaking too. When you see a lot of the pictures of him and like a young Kurt Hennig, like yeah. after his passing, like a lot of people were just posting on social media pictures of Scott and Kurt when they were younger and, you know, they didn't get to grow old together, you know, like all those stories, all those experiences, mm -hmm. you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, yeah. in wrath from hell, things like that. You know, yeah. there were a lot of, a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of high highs and low lows, but you always say it. And I go back to it. It's, it's about the moments and the memories and my goodness, he gave us a lot. So yeah. this is definitely a, a tribute, a retrospective, and, um, you know, really just to thank you for what he did uh, for the business. Yeah. And for us, right? Yeah. In our lives. Yeah, definitely. I, de I definitely didn't. Um, I, can't, I can't say as a kid he was one of my favorites. Like even I will probably talk about a couple of the matches. Like the, the second ladder match with Shawn Michaels. Like I was a big Shawn Michaels fan. And that was a divided crowd probably yep. and sean was the intercontinental champ sean was on his way up at the time but i was rooting for sean in that match and i know a lot of my friends a lot of people rooted for razor they were just bigger razor fans than i was but i you know now i can definitely see you know the thoughts of like he just transcended his his character and just the way he carried himself transcended the business and changed changed it you know, we got out of the, the Hulkamania era and he kind of led the way into what would be the Attitude Era. But during that new generation in between period, he, he was different than 
then you know he was different <laughs> that's the word yeah and you you make a great point with that second ladder match i mean that speaks to his selflessness Mm-hmm. They put on a masterpiece of WrestleMania 10, and there's that shot of him at Madison Square Garden with both Intercontinental titles. Yeah, you didn't have to put Shawn Michaels over. Yeah, but they did it. They were going to bring the house down, and he was going to take the L, right? Like mm-hmm. he he was going to do the job, and it was clear that that was you know Shawn Michaels was was ascending and was going to be in the world title picture, and you know Razor. I don't know that he ever really was considered for it. I don't know why. Yeah. Right. And but for yeah. sure, I mean, he put people over. He mm-hmm. put the business first because he believed in the business and yeah. he saw where the business was going. And you're right. Like he might be the star of the new generation. Right. He really came about at, at that time. You know, yeah. In the WWF. Now, obviously. WCW, he's he's on the other side, right? He's not really, right. in, like said, he's not in the Attitude Era, but my goodness, he's leading the fight in the Monday Night Wars. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So my first, my first uh, memories of Scott Hall were of of him as the Diamond Stud in WCW, <laughs> um, and I guess like, and I I didn't know him prior to the Diamond Stud, so I didn't know him as Big Scott Hall curly hair mustache like totally different look yes and i didn't even realize like when he became the diamond stud uh like he dyed his hair black i figured that's just his natural hair color but his you know he he shaved the mustache dyed his hair black and had the stubble so he had the razor look pretty much in, in the face but the diamond stud it was kind of just the uh, question of all right i kind of get it but like where where's this guy going where like what what is the diamond stud? And then he gets paired with Kevin Nash as Vinny Vegas. And they're kind of like those characters that they're, they're, they're probably new generation, like characters that McMahon may come up with, but you know, they, they came up with WCW and they just didn't, they're characters that wouldn't evolve into anything. Like you, you weren't putting a strap on them. Like, and they were, you know, yeah. they, were, they were big enough to, to, you know, big, big enough to be given a shot put the straps on instead like instead they i don't think they held the tag titles um as those characters and then uh you know they would they would obviously change and and razor would finally get a phone call back after he called wwf oh many many times um and then uh, well, what do you, I know you probably you didn't you weren't watching WCW back then. What are your first recollections of Razor? Yeah, so I, I was in preparation for this and just looking back at his career. It is interesting to see that he did do a match in the WWF where he loses to Paul Roma as just kind of a job, and he did do a couple of like dark matches. Didn't get signed, mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting that he was there. I couldn't find any of them out there. I don't know if there's footage or I mean if somebody had a camcorder right yeah um but, but um I, always, I do remember like the idea of the diamond stud like i did watch a little bit a little bit of you know um wcw on tbs superstation you know 605 on saturdays and yeah, yeah yeah and it's always yeah 605 yeah, yeah 605 <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it's five minutes after such, yep such a long wait <laughs> I, know, I know right you're like it's it's like the ninth inning of like a braves game you got you know yeah, just complete game. <laughs> I, did, I did forget. So the diamond stud, I think, was 
Diamond Dallas Page's kind of idea for him, and then they ran with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And DDP obviously a huge part in his life later. Yeah. yeah. Snake and him as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that the idea of Nash and the idea of Diamond Stud, Vinny Vegas, and we did a prior episode on you know WCW superstars that really hit the next level in the WWF. I think it speaks to the fact that Vince was able to master the characters. He was able to master the on-screen product. Whereas I think WCW, some of the hiccups they had were they could just put two guys in the ring and they could work sensationally. Right. But like we've talked about this throughout all of our episodes, really. I think a common theme is what the fans wanted. Like you had to compete with the Ultimate Warrior shaking the ropes, right? Like you had to compete with what the WWF product was. And so they would try these gimmicks. And I think a lot of times great wrestlers didn't get to thrive, right? In, in the early nineties, like they maybe could have because it was, you know, our top stars aren't competing with their in-ring talent as much as their in-ring personas. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, I think that, and oddly enough, well, full circle, I think we'll jump into a little, little timeline here, but full circle the, the reason the WCW becomes popular and starts to overtake WWF in the Monday Night Wars is because they ditch the gimmicks. Yep. You're Scott Hall. You're Kevin Nash. Like, we're going to play into this Hollywood Hulk Hogan type. Like, they, 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 they changed what they did. Right. right? And they <clears throat> saw that success. Yep. So, and I, think I, don't know, I don't know if you, you know, back, back in the early 90s, I don't necessarily think that was the way to go, but it obviously mm-hmm. evolved to that. Like when WWF went to character and, you know, and people, people didn't even see like the great wrestling at that point. They were just like kind of taken back by these weird characters. Like, and, and, you know, WCW was always the, the great wrestling. And so obviously, you know, that evolved into, you know, 1996 and more of your own persona will get you over if you're that good and you believe in yourself that much. But like, you know, but before that, if you had a great character that could bring out your persona, that could bring out your attitude. um, And so the character of Razor Ramon, you know, did that more than the Diamond Stud did that. Like it took it took that that macho, you know, uh, you would say machismo, but it took that macho-ness of Razor. It, it brought it out even more. And he could be like over the top with it as Razor Ramon. Yes. And as you say that, that gets me thinking, you know, when the WWE got way too character right? There's that time where the new generation starts to kind of plummet off that cliff and you got Right. Dude, dumpster dressing, you know, like the plumber guy and Mantar and Man Mountain Rock, they actually fell into the trap mm-hmm. of the WCW. They kind of became the WCW of 92, 93, because I'll go back and I'll watch new generation matches. They are really good. Mm-hmm. They I, I think the yep. in-ring product, if you separate the, the gimmicks and you yep. ignore the fact that the crowds were shrinking and and you just watch the matches. Like I saw some matches with like make a difference Fatu. And I'm like, this is actually really strong in-ring product. Like there's the physicalness. 
they're taking more like flat back bumps, right? Like there's a little bit more physicality. Like there's yeah. like Chris Candido, dude could work. Why are you making him a body Donna? Right. right. <laughs> they, they could do the work, yeah. but they fell into that trap. Mm-hmm. While they're doing that, WCW goes way overboard to the Dungeon of Doom. And, yeah. <laughs> and they start to go back to their roots. But as you're saying, right, it, it took WWF stars to leave, to come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Push the gimmicks out because, like you said, they already established themselves. They didn't need a gimmick, they didn't need a mask or face paint. They were who they were. Right. And it's, right. Almost like, it's almost like, like you explaining it now, it's almost like they made a trade. Like, right. yeah. WCW, the WCW gimmicky type things with good wrestling went to WWF and the established stars that didn't need to wrestle that hard went to WCW. Yeah. Yeah. They did a complete flip. So it's like, <laughs> it still shows. Jeez, it's got a Hall documentary's tribute, but let's just go with it. It shows that. At the end of the day, entering product matters. Yeah. But superstars and personalities matter. Yeah. And then when you, they, I think why the Attitude Era was so successful is slowly you start to get to like guys like Edge working their tails off and have, you know, the personality, but aren't like over the top. Mm-hmm. And the product just reaches new heights. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this is probably another conversation for another time because I yep. think for our <laughs> listeners, we'll bring it back to Scott Hall, but I appreciate that detour. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> those are not things that I've thought of. So when we talk about earliest memories of, of Razor and we start mm-hmm. to t- take a look at Razor Ramon, so he's going to join the World Wrestling Federation in the summer of 1992. Yep. And he's going to come in and he kind of, those vignettes where he's kind of like Scarface, you know, he's, in little Havana, you know, and he's kind of like building this character, right? Like really good vignettes. And they're interesting to watch back now because some of them, if you watch, you almost don't know if he's going to be a heel or a face because in some of them he talks, he does talk about like, I came from nothing and hard work. And Mm -hmm. and so there is a sense. And then there's other ones though, where he's like throwing stuff off a table, disrespecting the weight staff and like, you know, okay. Pushing the guy in the fountain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like he is a heel, but there yeah. was a couple I watched where I thought you can't, it's, you're not totally sure because there yeah. is like a little bit of this, like under, um, yeah, that's true. Story. Like, there was, it was, yeah, even in those, there was still more of a, I guess, arrogant attitude to where you thought, you know, he could only be a heel, but yeah, the story, the backstory, like today, today, you would kind of respect that backstory and maybe overlook some of the you know the other stuff that he did like when he pushed the guy in the fountain, right. that kind of thing right exactly you'd say like this is his identity you know this yeah. is who he's bringing in so they love like vince and um patterson like they apparently didn't really know scarface which is hard to right, right. <laughs> such a big film that's like mm-hmm. bigger than just the film it's the cultural landmark there but um they love it you know and, and he brought an edge that no pun intended, yeah. that really wasn't seen. And you had Ric Flair, you know, you have Mr. Perfect, you had Rick Rude, like he's coming in with that tradition. Right. You know, that yeah. tradition superstar. He's got a great look. And he starts off wrestling on like wrestling challenge, superstars. I argue, and we talk about this in our SummerSlam 92 podcast, 
I think he should have replaced Nails and, re- and went over Virgil at SummerSlam 92. Yeah, definitely. I would have liked to have seen him in Wembley mm-hmm. at event, right? Because yeah. he was wrestling on the house circuit and the Saturday, Sunday shows, but he didn't yet get that high profile. Yeah. And even just, just you know, there's, there's other moments and people that we're, we're sometimes dumbfounded. Like, why weren't they on this card? Like why? Yeah. And yeah, like, I, and I, and obviously like the next pay-per-view he's in the main, like basically main event, like that, even though it was the middle of the card, it was the main event, but, but yeah, definitely. Like, I know that second match spot is not the greatest spot, but that's a perfect spot to just put him in there and let him be viewed by 80,000 fans. Yeah. Like no, no one really cares about nails unless the big boss man's involved. So just put it, nails. Exactly. In there. I mean, yeah, and I think, I mean, I love how Virgil worked. I think you could have done like an eight minute, really yeah. good match and, and Razor wins. Cause Virgil still had, he still had some heat at that point in time. Like his, his descent's going to come. Yeah. He's just really start to get squashed, but yeah. Yeah. you know, he was on the winning team at WrestleMania eight and that eight man tag. And uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> that could have been a real spot. So but that it, doesn't it, happen. But give, give that crowd uh, the view of the razor's edge. You got, he'll get Virgil up for that all day. Yes. But, by the way, we'll just, you know, talk about it now. How great was that finisher? Amazing. Just yeah, like no one down. ever, I think I think he did it as the diamond stud, but yeah. like you know, yep. he gets you up higher than a power bomb, and then just like you know, throws you down. And like I remember doing that in the old Sega Genesis games. Like oh, and the <laughs> arms would go out. You hit, yeah, you grapple with R. Your power. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you know his character was innovative, but his move set was you know no one no one did the fall away slam no one did uh you know anything like the razor's edge like it was it was amazing like his just from top to bottom razor remote was was it and he yeah talks about you're right like the whole the the toothpick the gold like a lot Mm -hmm. of those things that he took from diamond stud yeah put them in but really had the character yeah so he comes in hot and he really starts to get involved. So when you look at that SummerSlam 92 match between Warrior and Savage, we know that right after it sets up Flair taking the strap off of Savage. Mm-hmm. So Razor's not involved in that main event. You got Perfect, you know, and you got this whose corner is he in. That subplot goes away. Razor's the guy that attacks Randy. Yeah. Razor is the guy that helps Ric Flair get the title. Now, you look back at it at the time and you wonder like, whoa, this is like a supersonic rise for mm-hmm. Razor Ramon. Like, who right. is this guy? Right. We didn't know. And that's like the naivete of growing up. But we didn't know, dude, this guy has been in the AWA. He has wrestled with Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he has wrestled and he's held titles. Like, he's, he's the real deal. <laughs> he's yep. the real deal. Like, they're not going to wait right to get this guy over and nor should they have right and like and i guess you know there's we'll get to it but there's other times in razor's career where unfortunately time the time or times wasn't on his side this the times were on his side like you had warrior and bulldog leaving you had you were coming up on that on that awkward time period of royal rumble 93 you needed 
fresh faces. You needed someone that was going to get over. And all of a sudden, here comes Razor Ramon at the perfect time to yes. put in thrust into the main event spot. And you know, like you always say it, he had the look, he had the mic skills, and he had the in-ring ability. Yep. He checked all three boxes, like, go, off to the yep. races. Yep. You know, there's no benefit in building this guy up. He's ready to go. Yeah. So Flair gets the title off of Macho and Hershey. Fascinating match. And they use, you know, Razor softening the leg up. Mm-hmm. And I can remember in the WWF magazine in the fall of 92, they really built up a potential um, Macho Razor. You know, because I remember there's this article and it's like, Macho Man had everything and Razor took it from him, you know, and like, <laughs> they acknowledged his breakup with Elizabeth, both in real life and kayfabe. Mm-hmm. You know, they acknowledged the fact that he lost the title, you know, so that's, those seeds are being planted. Like you said, Warrior leaves the company, so Perfect's in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Perfect and Hall could probably do it in their sleep, yeah. right? They're ready to go. They wrestled together against each other. Like, mm-hmm. they got it. They can call a match. Yeah, you know, you know, they could just do a callback to a match they did probably in the past. Right. So they um, they build up as the main event at Survivor Series 92. So, you know, Scott Hall is getting over. He's on Superstars, Razor Edge, you know, doing a Razor's Edge to Dwayne Gill and Perry Horowitz. And he's got the music. I love that theme. Oh, yeah. Love that theme. That's yeah. a top. That's probably a top five theme for me, if not maybe top three. The way that that, that hits, like, it's great. Yeah. Yep. So I remember like all the promos for Survivor Series 92, Savage, Warrior, Flair, Razor, like, here we go. He's going to be in the ring against the Ultimate Warrior. You don't just put anybody up against the Ultimate Warrior. And then much like the start of the Razor Ramon theme song with the skidding breaks, everything kind of changes. Mm -hmm. Bret Hart gets the title off of Flair. Shawn Michaels captures the Intercontinental title. So that's going to be the last match. Perfect has to sub in for Warrior, which mm-hmm. good, but subs in for Warrior. That main event tag match now has no gold whatsoever, unless you count the things around Razor's neck. Yeah. But there's no championships on the line. <laughs> it's just these wrestlers that they're going to put together. They put it in the middle of the card. There is a false finish with disqualification. There's that iconic shot of Perfect, you know, in the chair with Razor. Yep. But it's a well-reviewed match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, gave it decent reviews. Like it people like it um you know what do you remember what do you remember thinking about that at at the time like where where were you at the time i like i was just weirded out by that pay-per-view like that was i'm pretty sure i told you like i didn't get that pay-per-view i watched it probably on video rental (laughs) uh, when it came out or whatever but you know all those gimmicky matches in the pay-per-view the coffin match and the nightstick match and whatnot um I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled and Warrior was my guy. So I wasn't thrilled that he was just gone. So um, I, you know, I have obviously a different perspective today, especially on Warrior and whatnot, but I like you you just saying that, you know, they, they replaced uh, Warrior with Perfect, like automatically that became a better match, like a better working match. Like, you know, the, you know, the outcome of if the Warriors in, he's not, oh, yeah. he's not in the match until he's tagged in at the end and then he just squashes everyone. Close lining. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you, you no, no selling Ric Flair chops. Like, yeah. yeah. What was the, uh, what was the match that you referenced where Warrior and Brett teamed up and like Brett just takes a beating the whole match and then. Oh <laughs> yeah. They go against Kamala and Papa Shango. Yeah. And it's just like, 
<laughs> and there's no commentary in that one. It was one of those like house show ones. And you just mm -hmm. watch it. And then you just see Warrior without sound effects, pumping his arms in the air, off the ropes, clothesline, clothesline, splash. It's That's, like, yeah. After, uh, after like probably a good like 15 minutes of just oh they cut the ring in half brett's getting it's right and that's probably what they would have done i mean randy's leg would have been worked on over and over and over and over and over and over and then it's like hey scott welcome we know how awesome you are you're gonna take four clotheslines and maybe like flair will pull the warrior off you so you don't get pinned but then there'll be a dq you get with that yeah yeah no right like yeah so this is i mean between that substitution and like the ending match being Brett and Sean, like it was, it was obviously the turn turning of the guard. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as, as we said, we kind of get into still turning of a guard, but the awkward phase of like, when we get to Royal Rumble 93 and it's, it's Brett and Razor, like that's an amazing, amazing match on, on paper. And unfortunately, like Razor was uh, injured during that match, so he gutted it out. I didn't, I didn't know that when I when we did the other episode. I remember you saying that match. He looks green, but he's actually injured. He's injured, yeah. So his leg was injured. I can't remember if it was knee or part of his leg, but he wasn't able to do what he could have done. I I didn't know that until after after we recorded that episode. But um, but you know that that Royal Rumble 93 period is, you know, you see that you watch the actual Royal Rumble match and you see that they need, they need something. They need help. They need, they need more superstars. Like you had Macho and Yoko in there at the end, but you know, besides that, <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't many others that you could consider like, Hey, he's going to, he's winning this. He's going to WrestleMania to face the champ. So, I mean, if Razor wasn't, just given that early title shot, maybe he could have won that Royal Rumble. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So they, so I read a, a couple things about that. Mm -hmm. One, I think the Razor Bret Hart title match at Royal Rumble 93, they kind of just put him with him, right? They do a little bit where he clotheslines Owen in the, he's doing like an interview and he attacks yeah. Owen Hart and they build that up. But mm -hmm. right. It was just kind of who's the best guy to draw. Mm -hmm. And the poster's awesome with Brett and, and Razor. And now you look back and it's like, that's awesome. Like, that's really cool yeah. that that happened. Yeah. I've read, and I, I wonder if this is how true this is or when this plan was scrapped. But I think long-term, long-term, there's talk that it was supposed to be Brett Warrior for the title at Royal Rumble 93. Mm. Now that got changed when Warrior leaves. However, however, I question the validity of that because I was going through, geeking out, I was going through some old WWF magazines. There are two ads for Royal Rumble 93. Mm -hmm. They both have Brett and Razor and that iconic kind of bullseye, right? Right, right. But then on the bottom where they have the superstars, an early iteration of that press release has Bulldog, Warrior, Papa Shango, a later one, pulls them off and you see like yokozuna you see like perfect like you see different stars on the bottom yeah so I'm, i don't know how true that is like i don't know if they just put the warrior on there and thought maybe they'll work it out or they scrapped that even before hmm. but the razor booking against bret hart reminds me a lot of the gravest challenge 
how it was yeah. like there yep. yep. quick. I was gonna like, I was gonna say, yep. Yeah, right? Like you know, oh yeah, Undertaker is totally worthy of a title shot. He totally should be in the top spot against Hogan. Are we gonna do it this soon? Right? Because either right. he's gonna win or we're gonna find a way to not have him go over. Right. Same thing with Razor. Mm-hmm. Like I look at Razor and like they do that. Remember when, like Razor comes out, there's like an interview they're doing with Brett in like the crowd. Yes. And, Yep. He looks big. He's got the vest. He's got the toothpick. Like he's ready to go. Yeah. No doubt. But then it's also this is kind of this seems rushed. What do you right. what do you think? Yeah, that's I I was thinking along the same lines as you. Like, uh, you know, do it, it's it's great that he he was thrust into the main event picture because he he's ready. Like there, I don't you know he's it's not like he came in green as green. Like he's he's been a wrestler for a long time. He's totally taken to this character. He's he is Razor Ramon, and he's he's ready for superstardom. You you, you know why why not? Like why like you don't need to build him like you know you don't need to give him like the Intercontinental Title first and then take it off. I'm like if this is if this is your guy and this is this is who you brought in for this purpose and he's that good, then why not? It's it's tough that it's tough that he was injured for the match yeah and it's tough it's like like we talked about with maybe it was the undertaker maybe it was other other wrestlers but when you thrust someone that quick into that match and then they lose and they lose like he loses to the sharpshooter yeah he loses the sharpshooter so he loses regularly Like, you know, not in a DQ, not in a, like a false finish or whatever, but he loses to the sharpshooter. Then you, then you hope that it doesn't get awkward, like the undertaker where he goes into the dark years or whatever. And like, yeah. they, you know, cause what do you, what do you do now? Like you could keep going, like you could have a rematch. You could like keep the feud going. I don't, I, yeah, they don't, they don't do that. Um, but so it was it was kind of like you said, like you remember like a couple instances before Royal Rumble where Razor got involved with Brett and you know they kind of built a little feud, but it wasn't like this huge long drawn out, you know, story that it was it was kind of a match that yeah. you know because yeah. he was he was the quote unquote number one contender, I guess. Um but but yeah, like after that. It's it's tough. To, it was it's probably tough to decide where Razor goes from here, and hopefully he doesn't go like away or like all the way down to where he's not even competing. You know, for he's not even that main event picture anymore. And and, and so they didn't like they didn't give him like the the Undertaker scenario where he was fighting Giant Gonzalez's and that kind of thing. But go ahead. <laughs> well, you're right. So. After the Rumble, I remember him being on TV a lot. Superstars Challenge. I was gonna let me let me ask you yeah. let me ask you a question quick. Like um, when you're talking about those magazines, and you saw Warrior and Bulldog on the yeah. on the bottom of the one. Was that I don't know if you remember. Was that pre Survivor Series? Like when Warrior and Bulldog were still there, or was it like you know maybe just around Survivor? Series? I don't know how how early. Yes. It I don't know how early they promoted Rumble. It was the one in between. If I'm remembering this correctly, it's the one, it's January 93, and they've got um, Nails and Undertaker staring each other down. Mm-hmm. 
that one has that picture. So that would have been, that's interesting. That would have been newsstands after Survivor Series, but pre the magazine recap, pre everything going to print. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but they're, it's shocking to see both Bulldog and Warrior right. on the bottom in that yeah. ad. It's pretty cool. I, I'll, yeah. I'll send you nice. a pen, you know, next time you're, well, next time we do an in-person one, yeah. can play. it's really interesting to see. Yeah. Awesome. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, right. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I was just going to say that after the Royal Rumble, like he still has a ton of heat. Yeah. Right. He's on Superstars and Challenge. He's taking the yep. gold off at ringside. Something happens to this. Something happens yeah. to you, he says. <laughs> the toothpick. And then he does like the follow slam, the abdominal stretch, the razor's edge. He's winning. He's crushing the Yes. Yeah. Which is good. And, Which is yeah. Good. And the crowd likes him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the crowd. That's starts to you hear the razor like you see that they like him right the personality and everything is starting to build which leads us to a bit of a tipping point i want to know more about this i would love to ask i, I don't know if geez if there's like ever like a call in for to bruce pritchard and at like a topic that you really want to hear i'd like to know everything that went behind the bob backland booking at wrestlemania yeah right because there was nothing, I mean, nothing leading in, up to it. Right. He beats him with, I remember Bobby Heenan, he beat the wrestler with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Wins the match. They don't ever have a return bout. They don't do the house show circuit. It was like Razor Ramon making his WrestleMania debut. First time he ever wrestled. Yeah. Definitely faces that had, like, we, in our rebooking at WrestleMania 9, we put him against Crush. So you got Crush yeah. and Dwayne. You've got um, Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. Like, so you have faces that are available. Mm -hmm. You had perfect, and you put him right with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. You just kind of put, I mean, you had Janetti in the company still. Like, you just kind of put Razor with a guy. He wins. But in that match, as much as it's a dud, you start to hear some Razor chants. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And like, and we just said, you know, why not put Razor against Virgil at SummerSlam 92? This is almost that match, but but worse, because, like, Bob Backlund is just, you know, no one really cared about that return. I, I mean, I, I believe that when they made him, you know, what was it, like, Sir Bob? Oh, Mr. Bob Backlund. Mr. Mr. Bob Backlund. Yeah, that was cool. He was, like, a psycho. Like, that was, that was a lot better. But, yeah, um, yeah like, I – that was like the bathroom matches of all bathroom matches. Like that, <laughs> right. you know, like that was a real bad spot for him. But but yes, like you heard, and maybe yeah, the the booking of that match. Maybe they were hoping that they would hear the razor chance. And that that's that was my that's my question to you. At like a like a, another theme question is like we talk we do the we did the Undertaker episode and we talk about and we did like better better heel or face episode yep when you know there was there was the period obviously undertaker came in as a heel turned good before you would have thought he turned good and now razor yep kind of doing the same thing but in a different way because he's just he's the bad guy and he's too cool not to be cheered and like, so it's not, it's not like totally, it's not like the undertaker, but because we said like the undertaker did all he could do as like a, 
as like an evil undertaker and then they and then people just started to like him people started to like how he sat up and did that whole stick and whatnot but like you know the probably the true hardcore wrestling fan has liked razor from the beginning mm-hmm. and wanted to cheer him and you know against bob Backlund, there's nothing really to cheer for in bob Backlund. <laughs> like he's just so plain jane and like you know it's his that 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 era is over yep so um i I wanted to hear your if there's like a parallel there between how undertaker you know became face and how razor i mean this isn't where razor became face but you know it's it's leading up to that but like and it's and it's a long i love how it's a long drawn out story of how razor became face too yes yes yeah i agree with you in the sense that Undertaker, you know, take Mark Calloway and Scott Hall, they're so good. Mm-hmm. And they had gimmicks, like different than a Ric Flair, who yep. people loved but could always be a heel. There was a lot there that you could really capitalize on them being a face, mm-hmm. keeping them authentic, keeping the gimmick true to itself. But again, at the end of the day, you, you want to sell t shirts, yeah. right? you want to sell merch, and they got it, right? The Undertaker had a whole unique just style right of just like the rest of the piece the urn like you could use the black color scheme with mm-hmm. him like you get why they knew all right we got something here rays are very similar right like you could celebrate oozing machismo right you could yeah. celebrate the swagger as opposed to not you know say it's arrogant instead mm-hmm. say you know here this is awesome mm-hmm. and so, you just as you know like we said this move set like you want to cheer that like, yes you want to cheer yes. that whole move set you want to cheer when he gets them up for the razor edge like it's amazing. Yeah, right. There's that moment where the crowd, you get the flash bulbs when he gets them up. There's there's something to that, right? And that and remember at the companies at the time, that was there weren't anti-heroes, right? There weren't shades of gray. It was you cheer or you boo. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very binary. So this way it was like boom, we want to cheer that. Yeah. So post-WrestleMania 9, he's in this tweener period, and it's 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 interesting. It's almost an identity crisis because he wins a King of the Ring qualifying match over Tito Santana. He goes to the King of the Ring, and we've talked about this match before. We really like it. It's better than Rumble 93, but if you think about it, he loses in the first round mm-hmm. to Bret Hart. Now, it's to Bret Hart. Bret Hart's going to win the King of the Ring, yep. but he loses. Yeah. Like, he loses. So here you go from a bad WrestleMania 9 spot, a you know, a King of the Ring qualifying match that was like, whatever, he was going to win it to first round. Mm -hmm. Not the finals like Bam Bam. Not even perfect in the middle. It's a great match, but if you're keeping score at home, it's like, ooh. You know? Right. Right. Um, That is a final round match on paper all day, but it's a first round match, and Brett is going to be the good. Right. And in between that, in between that, so the King of the Ring is June 13th. He loses to the kid mm-hmm. on May 17th. Gotcha. I was wondering what the, yeah. Yes. So not only do you have a pay-per-view loss in the first round, let's, let's rewind it back a little bit. He loses to a jobber on Monday Night Raw. Now we don't, obviously with that jobber, Sean Waltman, that jobber is the one, two, three kid. It's six, it's Xbox, it's a yeah. legend. It's a legend. <laughs> but that was a very bold, bold 
boldest move ever by a wrestler like what? seriously right like like what's most, like hum most humble move ever <laughs> yeah like most humble most trusting move like he's basically doing a trust fall yeah and <laughs> saying like i'm going to lose and come out better but i'm going to lose to a jobber which back then was unheard of mm -hmm. unheard of that that happened i mean they set it up really well he loses to doink he loses to mr hughes he has different names you know right he goes from like the cannonball to dynamite kid a panama kid lightning kid uh, like they set it up where you kind of notice, oh, this guy's got different names. He's getting crushed and he wins. Mm -hmm. And you get the whole DiBiase thing. You know, you get the humiliation. You get that he's going to offer the kid money to wrestle again. I'll give you a fun side note. June 12th, the day before the King of the Ring, went to a show at Madison Square Garden. Razor wrestled um, Shawn Michaels. In the first oh, match wow yeah it, it was it was a high highly like they really pushed that match he was still a he it was a heel heel but it also you know started to show what he could do so mm -hmm. i like that word you use humble he yeah. believed yeah he could pull it off and like i think that's sort of like when we talked about this as like a tribute all the credit in the world to scott hall yeah yeah like <laughs> i it wouldn't be an episode without it i don't know if hulk hogan's doing that right right i don't any wrestlers <laughs> that would put others over yeah and and have the confidence in themselves mm -hmm. right like the lack of yeah yeah like the ego to know like the ego to know that you are great but the ego to also know i don't need to win all the time like i'm to mm -hmm. see into the future man he was great like yeah. that's special like you know yeah. we talk about business i mean there's the in-ring and there's the office persona and there's the real life persona which is challenging but if we just look at it through the lens of like what he did for the business and for others mm -hmm. that's that's unheard of yeah yeah it's amazing and like so two points there like if it was Bret Hart and the Warrior at Royal Rumble 93 <laughs> you think Warrior <laughs> losing the Bret Hart like in right yeah, right like warriors not having that at all you know in any way like obviously maybe not the sharpshooter but like he's not getting small package he's not like he's not you know it could only be a schmoz like if, if there was no title change warrior is still somehow winning you know by dq or something like there's there's no way i'm losing to bret hart and like you know that's final and whatever but you and know razor that exact idea Hulk Hogan refusing to put over Bret Hart at SummerSlam 93 when he's leaving the company. Right. Like he was out the door and he wouldn't put people over. Yeah. Razor is knee deep in this mm -hmm. and putting people over. Mm -hmm. And, and the, and the other thing is like, if you, you know, watch the Razor documentaries, it's, it's so unfortunate that like you, like you said, he had the confidence that it was it was best for business and and like you know this is all going to be a long storyline and he's gonna he's gonna come out of it you know well on the other end and you know that was his love and confidence when he was razor ramon and and for the business his his when he was outside of the business and scott hall like he he, he would tell you like he had no confidence in himself at all 
Like, you know, it's, it's just super sad that yeah. he wasn't doing business. You know, he, it was a totally different person. And like, yeah. the business gave him what he needed. Unfortunately, you know, it was really, really hard for him to carry it over into his regular personal life. Right. Yeah. When you think about when you, that again, that speech, he says, you know, hard work pays off. Like he did the work. Yeah. He did the work on the road, grinding, putting others first to put the business ultimately in a better place. Mm -hmm. And then like, spoiler alert, he freaking gives Hulk Hogan second life. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. He put him on a Rushmore. Talk about, if you want to talk about, wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. There's probably there's there's like if you do the the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, you probably have to do like a second Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who like made the business what it is instead of wrestlers who are just like the most recognizable, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote greatest of all times. Like there's there's another there's another section of goat here. Yep. Yes. Like razor yes. razor razor tops that section. <laughs> Absolutely, he does. So he loses to Bret Hart at King Larry 93. He loses to the kid and does that whole angle where ultimately, right, he comes to respect the kid. Mm -hmm. And they use DiBiase as an IRS, you know, as money yep. income is falling apart, as kind of like the foils. Yeah. All that. And the kid beats DiBiase, the Razor's laughing, and that leads to SummerSlam 93. And, you know, shout out to Ted DiBiase for being an established veteran to kind of reset it. Again, here's Razor trusting and seeing the future and saying, okay, yep. I'm getting legend up in the Razor's edge and I'm winning this match as a face. I'm kicking off this event. Yep. And I, I believe his dominant victory over DiBiase zeroes him out and he's ready to go again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, that was, yeah, obviously he had a big elevation and that's a great spot for him. That's the first match. He, re he essentially retires a legend in DiBiase. Yeah. You know, that's DiBiase's last match. He'll, he'll come back to manage and whatnot. But, but yeah, I remember that match very well. He wore, I, th I think he wore the purple. I want to say he wore the purple. It was like a pinkish purple hue, like a magenta. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was like in between, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was... Um, trying to think what uh oh then then i mean then we go to i guess the awkward match of survivor series 93 but like i guess the paper was awkward but i liked it i, was, I remember I, big big thing in between then yeah yeah he gets his first icy strap yes yes that's right i couldn't remember what, what was that october yep yes yeah. so what happens is on uh, october 4th 93 they do a 20 man over top out of Royals. So Shawn Michaels is suspended kayfabe for not um, wrestling enough, putting his title on the line. Mm. Um, obviously the real reason they talk about a suspension drugs. I think it was steroids for this one. Mm. And uh, they do a 20 man over the top out of Royal last two superstars will compete for the intercontinental title the next week. Amazing spot because you get like MVP in there. Remember, like the Dreadburger Baller had like the baseball face paint. <laughs> yeah. One night, I, I remember being amped for that Monday yeah. Night Raw. Yeah. You get Nine Gonzalez as a face in his last appearance. He gets eliminated first. Nice. <laughs> and you get a spot 
where it's Rick Martel and the Quebecers just crushing Razor for a while. Yep. Getting Razor some heat. And in one of the most amazing moments, my sixth grade self watching this, (laughs) Rick Martel (laughs) is the other guy. Yeah. Which now, (laughs) this starts a very odd relationship I have with Razor Ramon because Razor Ramon beat all of my favorites. Like, so he, so Rick Martel and Razor put on an awesome match. I mean, clearly Rick Martel was the guy. He was a great worker. Mm. He's jobbing, right? Um, but a nice little bump for him. You know, nice little, nice little high profile Razor for him. So he loses to Razor in a great match. He gets him in the Boston Crab. Like, it's just really, really good. He does a great job. Hopefully he got some high fives, you know, a nice payday for that. Because he did a great job mm. putting Razor over. They immediately go into like a kind of, um, you knew it was going to be Razor Sean. Like you knew the disputed ice title was going to, was the long game. So they put him in like a little bit of an intermediate feud with IRS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Who captains a team at Survivor Series 93 against Razor's team, Mm -hmm. right? We do a little 93 review. Yeah. Um, And that leads to Royal Rumble 94 where Razor beats IRS. Yeah. So at the time, I'm absolutely conflicted because I really liked Razor as a heel. I was gonna, yeah. I like everything about him, but Rick Martel had a shot at the title and he didn't get it. <laughs> and IRS had a shot at the title and he didn't get it. So it was a complex relationship. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to hear from you because like... I just like I can't picture you, even though like those are those are the guys that you like. For some reason, I just like I can't picture you actually like cheering and rooting for them. Like I can picture you loving to watch their matches, but I can't picture you like rooting for them over a Razor. For some reason, like is it? Oh yeah, because but you, like you knew like. But did you like? Even as a kid, did you know like uh, Razor's probably gonna win? Like, <laughs> right? Which again, like when we talk about a lot of these things in these episodes, I I hate the like the eventuality. Like I know this is coming. Like I know Martel's not winning. Like at the end of the match, the at the uh, battle royal, like Rick Flair's like you know I mean sorry Rick Martel is pointing at Razor like let's go let's go right now. Like Keenan's like they're gonna go right now. I was like. <laughs> Rick, you're not. It could be equated. It could be equated to, could be equated to my uh, my um, fan, <laughs> fandom of the New York Jets. Like I know what's going to happen. Like right. you know, I know right. they're going to miss the field goal, <laughs> even though they drafted the kicker in the first round. Like right. I, I know it's going to happen. They're, they're, yeah, it's like oh my gosh, they just scored. They're up by four with two minutes and thirteen seconds against the New England Patriots in like oh six or something. Like. Yeah, no, Brady's not gonna go right down the field. Right, <laughs> gonna, right. Someone's gonna Hulk up, and you know it's the same. It's gonna be the same. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay Fiedler starts looking like Joe Montana. <laughs> starts bringing the Dolphins down the field. Brady, like, Brady, Brady must pose. I understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fake spike. Uh, you know all that stuff. Like, like you know, I don't. IRS and Martel were great workers, and it's it's unfortunate to consider them for some parts of their career as jobbers. And you know, 
the New York Jets are jobbers right now. But you know, yeah. like, it, is, like, it is what it is when you're when you're facing the caliber of Razor Ramon and you know the push that he's getting, and you see you see the storyline playing out with him and Sean. Like it, it's there's no it's, it's not going to be Martel. It's not going to be IRS. No. And do you remember in that Royal Rumble '94 match? So IRS kind of sort of wins the title because there's outside interference yeah. with Sean and like they raise his hand and it's like, please let this stick. How many times, how many times have champions gotten robbed of titles or something? Like let it stick and no, match has to continue. Razor wins. Yeah. Who was, uh, was that? That wasn't the Gorilla Monsoon period yet, right? Like who was the, who was the, like it was, but it wasn't Jack, was it Jack Tunney? still like as the as the you know the president guy yes because remember jack tunney does the coin flip for us yeah. this is yep. towards the end of jack tunney jack tunney's about to retire as a president yeah. so this is, <laughs> this is earl hebner mm-hmm. like you guys have you know can we can we restart wrestlemania 9 when fuji throws the salt and bread right. i mean <laughs> so bomber so that was yeah that was when i was thinking about this like why didn't i love razor as much as i should have mm-hmm. he, my guys yeah you know, yeah like he, he was the intercontinental champion face so he's going to beat mid-card heels yeah <laughs> he so happened to beat my two favorite wrestlers all, like, ever ever in rapid succession so <laughs> but, but so yeah, yeah. he goes to then he goes uh on his run with Sean, and they have the one of the most memorable matches in the history of WrestleMania. Still, yeah. Then, when you look at that match, do you look at that as? And I know we have to do a proper WrestleMania ten um, review. Mm-hmm. Do you look at that as Sean and Scott being unbelievable workers? Do you look at like Sean just like bumping like crazy, and Scott kind of facilitating? that like how do you like how do you look at that match i still like as i said i still liked the 95 ladder match better um just just i don't know like i'm always intrigued by face face matches yeah like i and i liked sean at that time but um i i liked the double title story of sean coming back and he's a cool champ and and like i always i always thought that for some reason, Sean's title and Razor's title, like Razor's title looked a little bit more gold for some reason. And Sean's was a little bit more like, like maybe like older or like, so the, so it like, you know. Yeah, they, they probably constructed a new belt for right. that right. storyline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely the match of the night and yeah. definitely like something you never saw before. Like, you know, there was, I guess, house show, ladder matches brett and sean and that kind of thing um and i rem- i do remember what what was that there was one televised ladder match between brett and sean right like on maybe not a second calcium video calcium video gotcha yeah. um but yeah like sean sean unbelievable bumping in that match but but razor <laughs> razor took punishment like you know mm-hmm. they both took the ladder as punishment a lot in that match so like oh he makes that big splash that sean gives him from the top of the ladder yeah. right? yep big yep um yeah looking back at it i think they both worked a heck of a match um you know 
and they uh, like they I think they missed more spots in the second match <laughs> like yeah. Sean you know Sean will tell you but um yeah that that match uh it was, it was hard to follow like Brett and Yoko had to follow that match and there was no like bathroom in between match so that that was that was you know besides maybe Brett and Owen to kick off the show I mean that yeah. was obviously the match of the night um Razor Razor's iconic like you know falling off the ladder and just and pulling the title yes. at the time like everyone just like erupted after that that was that was awesome like that, that's that's a big bump just to take just falling oh off the that's the one you're actually probably most likely to get hurt on yeah yeah and laid there yeah, for a actually, while. <laughs> yeah so amazing match and that was also another kind of knock in my razor fandom was i was a really big sean fan during that first run Okay. Right. So he beat Sean. I thought, and again, Sean being that mid-card person, I was like, he could be done. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was gonna be the wrestler of the nineties. Although, you know, Sean and Razor went for a long time, right? Pretty good match. Five star Meltzer match. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut the 10 man tag that has IRS and the model on the same <laughs> and they do it the next night on Raw and they win. So what the heck? Oh, oh they they would do that. They would do that, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just kind of like the cycle just kept going. Yep. <laughs> Again, like looking at like the undeniable amazing contributions of a legend and like my like 10, 11 year, uh, 10, 11 year old self with like the two Hasbro figures, like, come on, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they, they do that unbelievable ladder match and then begins kind of an odd time for razor like mm-hmm. I, I i so i feel like after this the career starts to follow a similar pattern yeah he loses to diesel on a superstars episode mm-hmm. which was kind of cool i remember watching that and being like wow like it felt big for a superstars match you kind of felt like this was going to be something yeah right? like this so he loses only to get it back at SummerSlam. 94 walter payton i love that match yeah that's a great match match. oh dude diesel takes that kick too nash takes that super kick from sean starts to plant the seeds for that Mm -hmm. ramon gets the title that's probably shot that is right like when people talk about the scott hall the legend Mm -hmm. it's the fireworks coming up yeah it's him with that title it's the yellow trunks it's like wow Mm -hmm. like that was that's when it's special. Like what they always show that one shot when they talk about like his rise and his fall, like that moment, yeah. I feel it's just awesome. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, it's kind of like, that was an awesome match in the middle of kind of like an awkward phase coming up or going on and coming up like after that, but that match was awesome. But like looking back at it, it may have like, you know, I remember more about, you know, after the match, Diesel was like, come here, come here, like to Sean. And Sean was like, mad that he kicked him and everything. So like the, the title going back to Razor right now, in my mind was a little overshadowed by the feud that was going to happen between Sean and Diesel. So, you know, Razor getting back, you know, kind of title, maybe not, maybe not secondary, but like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the only thing that happened. It wasn't, the spotlight wasn't just on him. It was, the Sean and Diesel long time rivalry that was about to commence. Yes. And exactly right. 
there was the intrigue about the rivalry, which would be enough in and of itself. But then they also put the added intrigue of they they announced like what the day or two before SummerSlam they win the tag team titles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, who was going to wrestle the Head Shrinkers for the tag team titles that match? In, in, IRS in, Bam Bam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, right. So you have this intrigue of wow, there might be friction between Shawn Michaels and Diesel, and they have the tag team titles. And oh, by the way, Razor is now the Intercontinental title. Right. You're right. You're right. There's a little bit of what's going to happen over here. Right. Too. Right. So after this, I, as a fan, kind of plateaued, you know, um, still watched it regularly, but some of the storylines, like, all right, I am going to rely on your narrative on this. <laughs> I did not love the razor jarrett booking yeah i just remember a lot of roadie outside interference one two three kids supports in some cases like some cheap victories by jarrett razor getting some opportunities but kind of getting cheated dqs like eventually you know the title works out but i what am i missing what do you remember from that i just we talked about it before. I should have liked Jeff Jarrett in the WWF. I, I didn't. Oh no! <laughs> Wasn't he part of that ten man? That ten man team? He was in that ten man team. He, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And yeah, I just it didn't do it for me. So I kind of checked out a little bit of that feud. But help, help me, help I, our listeners. Like, what do you remember? I, th- I think you, um, you know, generally put it in great terms because I don't that whole that period i don't remember too too vividly and too specifically either i remember like you did um like jeff jarrett seemed to be a great worker but because he wasn't like sean he wasn't sean michaels like just we'll just say he wasn't sean michaels so like you know you could see the same type of things happening in a in a razor jarrett match as a razor shot a razor shot match like you know getting the punches in the hair is flipping back like yep. like you they know some taking, bumps. yeah taking bumps great worker but you already did it with sean mm-hmm. and that's that you went from a to a minus or b now with like but so you're you're trying to you know you need something different you can't you can't just go from sean to Jarrett and think it's going to have the same uh, like esteem or whatever, or, or steam as, as Sean and Razor. And yeah, there, yeah, like you said, there was a lot of outside interference and, and that the kind ro- of- I just remember the roadie with his, with the, with, with the fake dreads that he had, just like taking monster bumps, mm-hmm. like just, ra- you know, like Razor wouldn't win, but then the roadie would just come in and get flipped over and kick. Yeah. And so, so it may have, you know, there's a there's this big long time where Razor's in the Intercontinental title picture, but like for the Intercontinental title to go back to Razor and then Razor go over here and start facing not so main event people for the title. And, but he just came from Intercontinental title feuds with Sean and Diesel main event picture. Yes. Right. So, so that's that's 
that's I guess the beginning step down that Razor took. Yeah, like I'm thinking like maybe they should have put him against like Adam Bomb, like Brian Clark or something, right? Like somebody yeah. with a different. You're right. I think you hit I'm the nail right. right on the head. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing they did, but it wasn't Sean. Right. So right, if he beat Sean and Sean is lights out. Double J, really? Yeah, like it's like great worker, like I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More like, uh, and I, maybe I ask you, like, more of a, more of a, more of a gimmicky type thing. Like, you know, he's still he's double J, double J, Jeff Jarrett, but like he's not, you know, he didn't have like an attitude type persona as Sean. He was he was more of a gimmick, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's that. I don't know if that plays into why you didn't buy him as much, you know, as you think you should have. But yeah, so I think that it was too, you know, growing up outside of New York City, like the the idea of like a country star. But so it was weird. Yeah, he looked like a country guy, but then he goes in the ring and he looks like he could be like part of the Rockers or High Energy. Right, right. I didn't get the ring attire. I didn't get like that. I didn't. Get it, and I know that he's great, and I know he went on to do really good things. Mm-hmm. I didn't love that booking. I, I don't know what they could have done differently. Mm-hmm. So to kind of give it like a, a timeline piece, after SummerSlam '94, when he gets the title, just to kind of quantify it, Razor is the head of a teams. They increased the numbers of Survivor Series com- right. from four to five, which I didn't love that. At uh, and. 94. 94. Yeah, the one with Chuck Norris and like that cool, that cool kind of Texas Southwestern vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Great aesthetics to that. Great early 90s Southwestern yeah. American. Like, aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. You got one, two, three kid. You got Razor Ramon with one, two, three kid, Davey Boy Smith, and the Head Shrinkers. They're going to go against Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Owen Hart, Jim Nyhart, and Jeff Jarrett. We know that that ends with the whole thing with Shawn and Diesel. Diesel's going to get the title days later from Bob Ackland and mm-hmm. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. that is going to begin the feud with jeff jarrett so that they're going to isolate yeah. jarrett and razor jarrett uh, razor is going to lose the title at the 95 royal rumble to jarrett this in controversial fashion jarrett wins the match by count out demands the match be restarted and then jarrett pins razor with a small package razor is going to wrestle jarrett for the intercontinental title at wrestlemania 11 he's going to win by disqualification because the roadie's going to interfere then they go to the first that's in your rough, house. That's a rough, that's a rough uh, ending to a WrestleMania match. Exactly, right? Like, what is that? I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like, I'm, I remember, like, not. At that point, oh, you, you can, you can say what's after that, because I don't remember. Yeah. But at that point, you know, what are they, what are they doing with Razor? What are they doing with the Intercontinental title? Like, not that, not that it has to be a main event thing like you know but to take it where to take razor from where he was and that belt from where it was like at some point why didn't you separate razor from the intercontinental title and give him a push to go for the strap like why did why is why does he why couldn't he be involved in the clicks going on like i mean why couldn't he why couldn't he have been back on yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like he could have been the guy. I mean, it was Diesel. We, we know why. I mean, he ran 95, right. but, mm-hmm. you know, so he goes on 
to wrestle Jarrett and the roadie in a handicap match in your house one, he's going to win. And again, I think we've said before, I lose my focus when there was an in your house every month. I didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was too much content. It was. Yeah. Um, did it, was so it, was there one every month or did it start? Was yeah. it right away? It started every month. Gotcha. Every month that there wasn't a big four or, you know, big five with King of the yeah. Ring. Yeah. yeah. Lower price, but two hours. Right. So Razor defeats Jeff Jarrett in a ladder match at a house show to get the title on May 19th. Mm. On May 22nd, he loses it to Jarrett. To Jarrett. Oh, yeah. I remember that. On June 9th, it talks about he gets a rib injury in a match against Jarrett. That gets him out of the King of the Ring. Enter Savio Vega, mm. the King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes it pretty far. Razor does a little bit with Savio Vega. So you get a little BSK click thing going on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wrestle and they lose to Men on a Mission and In Your House too. They lose to Owen and Yoko on Raw. Sean is going to get the strap from Jarrett. Yep, yep. Razor has the Intercontinental Championship match at SummerSlam. He's going to lose. Then you get the whole thing with Dean Douglas. Michaels refuses to put somebody over, so they just hand the Intercontinental belt to Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which again, it's Shane Douglas, but. Right. And then Razor promptly defeats Dean Douglas. Yeah. And then that gets you to Gold Dust. Mm, yes. Yep. Which then kind of has a very similar vibe. Like he loses the title of Gold Dust because one, two, three kid, you know, interferes and goes mm-hmm. heel. Yep. Razor is supposed to wrestle Gold Dust in WrestleMania 12 in a Miami street fight. Yep. He gets suspended for drugs. Rowdy Piper comes in the Hollywood. That was yep. controversial. Yeah. Yep. Um, he loses to the next at the next in your house to vader yes and then a month later you get the curtain call and we're gonna see him go to wcw so i feel like we just did a big seinfeld yada 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 he goes yeah but i remember that that's how i remember it though yeah me too right i don't he was ready to go to be scott hall to be the outsiders like he needed that he absolutely needed that they took razor as far as they could take him I'm sure, you know, big new generation fans will be like, oh, wait a second, there was this, yeah. there was that, but it just, he didn't feel as relevant. Right. He, he got separated from Sean and Diesel and to take a almost real life character like Razor Ramon and start putting him against the new generation guys. And Goldust, Goldust was, you know, there were some new generation guys that had a decent enough gimmick to where you yeah. cared. And Goldust yeah. was one of them because he that was just like like nothing you ever saw before. But yeah. and 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 like you know people knew who Goldust was too, so that kind of added that element to it. But you know you once again just like the Undertaker, you start him off like main eventing, like his mm-hmm. for the early part of his career, and even as Intercontinental Champion, continual continuing to main event like that battle royal for the Intercontinental title that was the main event. Like, and, you know, those type of things, that was main event picture. And then Diesel and Sean became main event picture. And Razor was in with them. And then it 
that kind of fell two separate ways and Razor took the Intercontinental title this way and never got pulled back into the main event picture for the for what we you know I, I like to say what we hope would be a world title shot or a world title run of some sort but I I, I don't know how it would have happened like I don't I, I mean that's something I would have to put together I, you know totally agree with you and I think that's a future episode yeah but yeah like, I don't know where you could have elevated him because right. if you didn't do it if you didn't do it when he was main eventing right then how do you bring him back to do it yeah I, I totally agree like I don't you know I so it was Wrestlemania 9 Brett loses the title to Yokozuna so Yokozuna is going to hold the title for a while you were going to have Razor go against Yokozuna for the title. You never really saw that. But in your head, you're thinking, I want Brett to get it back. I want Brett to get it back. Yep. You have like the whole Hogan thing. You have Lex Luger inserted. Like he wasn't going to go against Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Brett gets it. But then Brett gets inserted with this thing with his brother. So Brett's a face. Razor's a face. Um, you know, you didn't really see the opportunity. And then Backlund gets it for a second. To get it onto Diesel, and Diesel held, holds onto it for basically a year. Yeah, okay. From November of '94 through, you know, everything that '95 was—that was a year of Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. Diesel power, right? Big Daddy Cool. Like so, Razor was kind of pushed out at that point. Mm-hmm. So there are so many times that we look back and we say, "Oh, like this was this person's potential run. This was the window." Right. His window had slammed shut to take it to the next level. You know, unless they made him a heel again, unless they maybe, I don't know, like put him in a tag team that was like a elite tag team. Right. It just didn't, it just didn't happen for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bar. Right. Again, again. And I, you know, I don't know at that point, his conversations behind the scenes about what was happening with him and his character and the creative behind it. But again, just probably just a humble humble guy behind the scenes it just went with the flow mm-hmm. even though like you know it would come up, up on late 95 96 where you know he he wanted to stay he wanted guaranteed money yep, WCW, WCW, wcw could offer him that that wasn't the way wwf did things so him and nash decided they were better off uh <laughs> Better off going to the dark side. (laughs) But before that happens, the curtain call. Yes. Yep. Which no one would ever know about if one person's in Rain Cam Quadrant, right? But (laughs) he starts to, you know, he does that and, and, you know, business changes. And, you know, so for Razor, I mean, obviously we know, you know, outsiders and that amazing thing. And I'll, I'll leave, I'll give you the final with, with the outsiders, but to kind of put the period with Razor Ramon, was re- oh all right i don't know how to answer this question i'm gonna put, I'm gonna put you on a bit of a hot seat here uh-huh. was razor's run in the wwf if you take away everything that scott hall becomes when he goes to the nwo mm-hmm. right like you no know, like at the end of the day he's a massive success was razor ramon in the wwf a success or a failure why or why not? <laughs> That's a big question. 
what do you think? <clears throat> Only looking at that time. So from Survivor Series 92 to In Your House 7, Jobbing to Vader, mm-hmm. everything in between. Title, like record Intercontinental title holder at the time. Yeah. But what do you think? I, 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 the other match um, that I was reminded of was when he was in that awkward, um, I think it was Survivor Series 95, where they just put together faces and heels uh, in that match. And he was he was the only face on his team. That's great. Yep, yep. And like, so you, again, at that point, you kind of knew that, like the other team had Sean, I think, Ahmed, Ahmed yeah. Johnson, like, they had, I want to say the other team had three faces and one heel and Razor's team, he was the only face. So like, you kind of knew that Razor was screwed in that match because he was on there with like, I want to say like Yoko, Bulldog. Oh yeah. All right. So it was Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, Bulldog, Psycho Sid with Jim Cornette. So Bulldog was like the only heel on that team. I think. Right. And they go against Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Dean Douglas. Yes. So you wow, knew for 27 that, minutes. Yeah. Well, it's Survivor Series, but but you knew that like yeah. something would something would be off if Razor somehow like was the sole survivor in that thing. But right. you know, he uh pretty sure he probably like popped Dean Douglas and then I I I forget. Oh, I think he got counted out. No, that was no, that was the other match. That was the '93 match. Yeah. Um, I forget how Razor got eliminated in that one, but but uh, it's almost <laughs> it's tough because it's, it's to your to your question. It's tough because it's almost like his career was like the tale of two halves. Right. Yeah. Played 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 well in that first half. Like was 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 the guy. And then, because I, I almost, I, I equate it when you, when you said that he jobbed to Vader at the end, like that got me to thinking like Stone Cold's career, he was going to job to Brock Lesnar at the end. And that's when he walked out and said, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And Razor was humble enough to do something like that. Yeah. But, but also doing his back pocket. He's like, dude, jokes on you. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> have, have, have your Vader squash. Yeah, but Austin, see, was the was did the humbleness become his downfall? Because Austin, Austin, um, obviously was world champ, and he transcended the business after Razor did. Like you know, Razor as Razor, and then even more becoming Scott Hall in the NWO, transcended the business, and then Austin brought it up to new heights won the title kept the title was the guy for years sold more merchandise than anyone and then like so we won't go into too much of a scott hall nwo thing but my main main thing for that is he was the first guy to come out of the crowd and say you know like you don't know why i'm here and then a week or two later, here, here comes Nash, and then a month or so later, here comes Hogan. Razor's Razor's third wheel again. Like he's not the guy. He's I know. Not, he's not. He's he. Everyone loves his shtick. Hey yo, like yep. 
Yep. Uh, did everyone come here to see the or WCW, or did everyone come here to see the NWO? Like he every becomes guy. a hype man that just happens to also be one half of the tag team champions. But they didn't really. I mean, the Outsiders didn't have like epic tag team battles. They I had the tracks. I don't. I don't even. I can't even put together in my head like a great Scott Hall match. I can't. WCW, right? I can't. I can't think of a time where he got him in the razor's edge or the hall's edge at the time the yeah. the biggest thing i remember of a scott hall match is when he lost to goldberg when Go- goldberg fought hogan and won the title that night but yep. to get to hogan he had to beat hall first and he he killed him so yeah. that's that's the match that i remember as scott hall otherwise he was yeah like you said he was the hype man for the nwo and Again, probably overshadowed by Nash a little bit, and just like a, just like Diesel, and yep. then really overshadowed by Hogan because Hogan became the leader, and it, you know, obviously everyone recognizes and remembers Scott Hall as the the one of the faces of the NWO, but never, never that, never the guy, never the the guy who was gonna win a title the title like one won the tag titles with nash but um it was just another just another humbling seriously like that really speaks to his selflessness as a worker because a lot of people would say i've got this great idea but it's no go if i don't get and he just wanted to see it happen right Mm -hmm. he wanted to create the space for something amazing to transpire yeah. you know and, yeah then you got the whole like you know wwf brings in the fake razor and diesel and that whole you know <laughs> absurdity but um you know yeah like scott hall really was willing to take that step aside to let others walk through the doors that he like he envisioned and built mm-hmm. like he saw it yeah. he saw what others didn't see he built it and created it, and then he stepped aside. Like he's like the ultimate team player. I yeah, mean, right. He's like he's like that stud left tackle yeah. that blocks for the Hall of Fame quarterback, the Hall of Fame running back, he allows the receiver to do everything they do and be this, you know, the receiver and the high paid guy. He's your left tackle. Yeah. He's protecting your blind side. Like he's hey, yeah. he's your DeBrickershaw Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, but the truth awesome. is, yeah. But the truth is, oh, by the way, he can go. Yeah. Out, he can go out for a long, like a long pass and catch the winning touchdown. But right, he could do it. But yep, you're. But he's your left tackle, and that's his role. Yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like he 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 could do everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's what that's how Bruce Pritchard put it. He could do everything, and then later in his career, timing was just not on his side. And then he was to, and then the world, you know, the world title picture, there was always somebody to overshadow him. And yeah. Or like a storyline that he just wouldn't really fit in. Yeah. So I'm curious about this question. Um, is there anyone else? So like, obviously, my goodness, like, you know, have, have, have not kept up in, in, in decades, you know, like, is there anybody that's been around now that you could compare to a, a Scott Hall. I mean, I think some of the, I think some of it, I think rubbed off on Triple H a little bit mm-hmm. you know, in, in yeah. the business. But is there anyone else that you would say was 
is close to that or comparable in just like the selflessness, like the ability to put others before them, but stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Right? The ability to be such a forward thinker, right? Have, have really just have such a growth mindset to know I don't need to, it's not gonna, no one benefits if we stay stuck on our ways, but everybody moves forward if we all collectively take that step. Right, right. Anybody else like that in the last, you know, 20 plus years? Hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to compare. It's hard to think of someone that was that popular and yet just didn't get over the hump. Uh, hmm. it's it's i mean it's so different today because um you know especially when you got into the attitude era like you were you were not scripting anything like you were just having a blast every monday <laughs> night and whatnot, and like just letting yeah. everyone do do whatever they wanted to to a point and now it's like you know it's it's pretty scripted but you know, there's still we're they're still missing superstars today that have, like we said, the confidence that Razor had to to be himself, to be that character without looking on a looking off a script or or um, just just to be at that confident in the character that it's a it's an extension of you. It was an extension of him, and. There's right now there's there I mean there's there's some um but yeah I can't I can't think of I can't think of someone as as humble as he was to kind of just let his career fade away while others benefited more right from the stuff that he he did yeah he used to say he couldn't have done what Hogan did and took the took the title he had the mic skills he had the in-ring mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously you know, he, there were some challenges outside the ring yeah. without question, right? When you, I mean, there were suspensions right. that happened in the WWF. I mean, there were yeah. substance issues, but, but you know. And yeah. like, so there was like, you know, we said there was a tale of two halves for his Razor career. It was also the tale of two lives because, you know, we talk about how humble he was in the wrestling world, but in the, in the real world, was he like, you know, Austin would not job to Brock Lesnar in the, in the real world. Would, but Razor job to Vader. And he but, jobbed to Austin too. Didn't Razor like job to Austin at a WrestleMania? At a, at a, when they came back as the NWO, uh, you know, in 2002 or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, he jobbed to Austin at WrestleMania 18. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, there, there's no Austin, you know, there's no. 316 without you know why i'm here you don't know why i'm here right because yeah. king 396 is right after mm-hmm. the outsiders invade and it's like all right like everything got sped up like does he right. do that without right. the urgency mm-hmm. of competition and like so my my point was uh, in the real world life he said you know he said he wasn't a competent person so did that just make him automatically a humble person and just a go with the flow type guy as the wrestler 
and never a guy to question anything, never a guy to say like, I'm not jobbing to that. That doesn't make any sense. Like he just, he wouldn't like, maybe he wouldn't speak up. Maybe he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have that confidence in the, in the real sense of wrestling. Um, so maybe, maybe it was partial, like maybe it was on him that he didn't get, you know, all the way to the world title. I don't know. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, I think he's just, yeah, you can just tell people, the people that liked and respected him had just really, really did. You know, when you talk about what he did for the business, it's people have just incredibly positive things to say, incredibly positive relationships. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And he's got, hey, and, he, and Razor's got, a, he's got a heck of a Hasbro. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, all the things that we grew up with, like he's a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he made his mark. You know, those early runs were so, so great. So yeah. great. Yep. Um, take us home, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to end on a down note because we yeah. know where, where it goes after, like in the later stages of WCW. And then obviously he came back to the WWF at one point. But um, yeah. Uh, transcended the business before anyone did. Um, I mean, I want to, I want to, you know, not just like a face in a face heel way. Like I kind of, I kind of think about, like we talked about the undertaker. I kind of think about the ultimate warrior as like, you know, the warrior just had a different frenetic energy and the music and all that, that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a, he was he was a baby face, but he wasn't like a super, like you know baby oh, yeah. Face. Yeah. yeah type. And yeah. Razor, but he was but Warrior was not a heel. Like he was he was like a guy who the fans were supposed to like. Razor, um, you know the character, the Scarface Razor Ramon character. It was supposed to be a heel, but he, I think even like. Vince, when when they were developing the character, like it's one of the first times that, you know, it, it was like, wow, this is, this isn't like, this isn't like heel or face. This is cool, like this is, right. this is, this character is awesome. Like this is gonna, there's, this is gonna go somewhere, and that's why right away he did. Um, and unfortunately, the other the other thing was unfortunately, you know, you have the Bretts and Sean like. The, the business evolving, you have the Bretts and the Shawns that became the main event picture. And then you had, you still had the big guys like Diesel, Sid, Undertaker in the main event picture. And unfortunately, Razor was in the middle. Like he could have a great match with the Bretts and the Shawns. He could have a great match with the, the big guys, but he wasn't a big guy and he wasn't Brett and Sean. So right. that, 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 may have had something to do with the you know he didn't have that run yeah he had right he had that tweener size where like he yeah. was big he was right. big he wasn't a monster right he was agile and sleek and cut but he wasn't a sean you know like i would have loved to have seen him and undertaker you know 93 94 just rocket that's right what we, one of our one of our dream cards had that i think yeah like that would have been mm-hmm. awesome but it, again it would have had a complete redesign and reshuffling of both superstars but right um now he was the best and you know 
we'll, we'll, we'll miss him. You yeah. Know, we, glad he, we, we were glad we were so fortunate. Like we, we got to watch him. Yeah. We got yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, wrestlers and athletes that, you know, we were just so privileged to watch in the nineties and, you know, some of the greatest of all times and don't, you know, this just reminds us, we don't want to overlook him. Like he was, right. he's on that second go route Mount Rushmore of the greatest of all time. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for the conversation. Awesome. And uh, we will be, we'll be back with a whole lot more. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Take care.